American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-hosts Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another lovely evening of Jaybird watching the New Year's slash opening day eve episode here as we prep for what is the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays season. We're going to kick things off in St. Louis this year, but that we'll get to that preview here in a very short moment. I am joined by the normal gang here of Jason Lyons and Ken Alfred. Fellas, how are we doing? Doing all right, guys. I mean, uh, glad to be here. I, I was kind of confused by the weather today. I was actually getting ready to barbecue something, one. and then for some reason, I see a snowstorm. So, yeah, and I was just we about to my winter tires off. Yeah, <laughs> I don't so. know how it's opening day right now. <laughs> exactly. But either way, happy to be here, and I'll take this and, off now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm just happy to have made one of the shows for the last couple of uh, of weeks here. Um, I think our guests can probably relate to this. I've been coaching baseball. I've been in Arizona for a kids baseball tournament. I've been running around to get Lynn Valley little league, uh, all ready to go for the year. So as a parent and a father and a baseball dad, that's been taking up the last couple of weeks of my life, but I wasn't going to miss this one. Super excited, uh, to talk season opening and, and, you know, 26 man roster and world, world championships of baseball, the whole thing. I'm ready to go. Ready to go. Couldn't He's tell how many Red Bulls. <laughs> no Red Bulls. <laughs> I had two double stuff Oreos, and that's it. There it is. So he's on a sugar high, everybody. So there you go. So joining this wonderful gang of collective uh, goofballs here this evening, we have Scott Richmond, former Blue Jay, slash, um, yeah, as uh, Jason mentioned, baseball dad himself at these days. So how are we doing, Scott? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Excited to be here. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to have uh, people like yourself on that have been in around the team and uh, and wonderful things wrapping up as far as a guy that played in the World Baseball Classic that got to actually enjoy watching this year. So how was that? Yeah, it's it's good. I'm I'm equally excited for opening day. You know, a lot of buzz around the Jays every year now. So every year we're thinking it's going to be the year, and then to start it off with the World Baseball Classic. Just puts icing on the cake. You see all the excitement, these playoff games before a regular season even starts. It gets me going, gets gives me chills. You see some of the top talent facing some of the other top talent. It excites me even more for a regular season opening day. And um, with the acquisition the Jays did this year in this offseason, you know, um, you still got to go play the games, but super excited of what, what's ahead and looking forward to getting started. Yeah. So as a guy that's been through opening days, world baseball classics on some really cool teams and not to mention you sport a awesome uniform for the world baseball classic this year as a spectator, just saying. <laughs> so yeah. how, how excited were you on these days when you were getting ready for the gear up? Like I said, where it was getting ready for the WBC and or regular everyday blue Jays or any of the teams that you played for opening day. Yeah, it, it's always special. It's fun to kind of break off with the team. You're going to go to war with, you know, it's, you're amongst everybody. You got guys from all levels kind of coming in, filling in. It's pretty loose in spring training. Not like I was a clear cut. You've got a spot on the team. So it was a little bit more stressful. I had to really, really, really work hard every single outing. It wasn't just get it loose during spring training. You'll be flying north. So that pressure was always a little bit more added. Spring training is a little bit different for a guy on the bubble. Um, a lot of these guys making the team, I really like to watch them because they have to stand out, come in more prepared. Um, the Jays are a little bit different now. There's a lot of guys that are returning, not a lot of bubble guys. They, you kind of know who you're going to bring, and there's maybe one, maybe, maybe. Um, but overall, 
like I said before, the classic, anytime you're wearing your country's name across your chest, regardless how well you do, look at what Great Britain did, beating a team guaranteed to be in the next World Baseball Classic yeah. now, a humongous win. That's all they were looking for, right? Um, just all that excitement, hearing Mike Trout talk about wearing my country's name, the brotherhood we have, these guys I don't get to talk to, we go to war together, and the these intensity of these games we're in. That's what we've always known. I played for Canada for 15 years. You know, we've always known that these superstars, they don't get that benefit of doing that because they're too busy making, you know, the big leagues and going to the play, hopefully playoffs. They can't play in these international tournaments. So for us guys that are on the bubble, guys that play internationally a lot, it's fantastic. We know what that feeling's like, and it's nice to see them get a glimpse of it and get a part of it. So the international world can see the top talent. That's great. Yeah, I think that's a great piece to the whole World Baseball Classic thing. Is we, as far as Blue Jays fans go, we got to see Otto Lopez for Team Canada play amazing this whole World Baseball Classic, and I really think that put him that close to getting into the majors this year. And it came down to really him and one other guy, and Nathan Lukes, who just. I think it really came down to the position the two of them played. The Blue Jays have a plethora of guys that can play up the middle and around the infield, and they didn't really have that other guy who was a clear-cut outfielder. And that was the real differentiating point, I felt like, between Lukes and Lopez, but both rightfully deserving, especially with, like I, you about mentioned, the performance you put forward in front of good quality, competitive um baseball in the world baseball classic it's not just a show up and play against the guys that are really the single a guys at that point you're playing high level competition so that was as close to a major league game that you're ever going to get especially you know pre-opening day absolutely and it's a playoff game the higher the deeper you go in the tournament you're not just playing a major league game this means a ton they're pulling you in the third inning as a starter not just because of pitch count because you don't have it that day and they're going straight to the pen i mean they're going to win and that's a playoff game. And to give these kids, not, you know, not besides the superstar teams, the Otto Lopez's, you know, the, the Edward Julians of Baseball Canada, the opportunity to get into these big games and showcase what they can do and the pressures against them. It's just a really, really great feeling seeing where Canada's moving forward with the Baseball Classic. Mexico beat us out, but look how far they went. They had a fantastic squad. We were in that game to the sixth inning. We didn't have, you know, we have to get all our big leaguers to be really solidly competitive in our in our pools usually. We have a hard time pulling them all together, but the guys that come and fill in, super proud of them. I was ecstatic to be in the stands cheering them on. Um, got to hang out with them at a banquet together. So that was a lot of fun, but overall just seeing the guys, seeing the up and coming baseball Canada next, next guys coming through the ranks. Um, we had a starter that kind of made me feel old because I took a picture. He started against, he started against, uh, who was it? Um, Columbia, Sicaro, Sicaro. Uh, anyway, yeah, I played against him. I took a picture with him when he was nine, and now he's oh, starting no. for Canada. And his mom and dad wanted to make sure that I was taking a picture with him after the game too. Uh, That's funny. You kind of feel young, not young anymore. Hey Scott, yeah. I was wondering. Like we've seen a lot of guys, and I think this is something that only the World Baseball Classic can possibly highlight: is guys who would never get seen by U.S. scouts actually getting signed from the World Baseball Classic. And the other thing that I've noticed as well, and you know, sort of to your point about Canada's improvement in baseball, um, I was just down in Arizona in a in a, a really high level tournament for our uh, U12 kids, and. Um, three teams from British Columbia won their divisions out of five possible total divisions. And I mean, when you guys put this into scope, what we're talking about is we're talking about 12 year old kids in America that don't go to elementary school. They travel the entire year with their parents. They go to 30 plus baseball tournaments a year. And my group hasn't played a game since August and we made it to the semifinals and lost like, there's something in the water in Canada right now. And I mean, what do you think about, you know, sort of those guys that are afforded these chances from an opportunity like World Baseball Classic? You know, like you just said, these 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds coming up, if they're lucky enough to play on the junior team, then they get noticed. I never played on the junior team. I played 15 years for Canada's national team. 
It, it doesn't matter your route. Keep working hard, yourself in good situations. If you got to call Greg, if you got to call these guys, hey, do you have a tryout? I'd love to come out and try out. Don't joke around, but like, you know, if you if you want it, go get it. Don't wait for them to call yeah. with life. Go get it. So seeing the 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 confidence that Canadian kids get coming down to a weather rich place like Arizona where these kids are outside every single weekend of every month and you guys haven't been outside in six months and now you come down and compete on a high level in your age group and show the kids they can hang. They better be going back with their heads held high knowing you know we do that we're always underdogs but then we go to the world baseball classic we're used to being underdogs we go to the pan am games we're underdogs we win gold medals we do things but we're, anytime i know canadian kids colleges the coaches want them because they know they're hard working we're obviously polite but like we're hard working we're, we're we overcome adversities to get there and we're usually pretty raw where they can really mold you into a good ball player with some proper instruction. Um, so I'm ecstatic. I love where the Canadian ex, ex, ex big league guys, upper levels, uh, minor league guys and baseball Canada guys go back to their communities in Canada now and give back, teach the kids, bring the knowledge they've learned back to the country that we never had when we were young. We had a few people, you know, we looked up to Larry Walker and go, he did it. We can do it. You know, and he's great with the national team. He's coaching first base in tournaments in Brazil because he cares, but yep. he wasn't throwing clinics that I could find back home when he was coming up. So to have these people give back and make little programs where kids are getting better. So now there's more influx coming down, more opportunity. Yep. No, that's all great stuff. It, 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 it should be, you know, it's a wonderful game that everybody, you know, especially young kids should be playing. And as far as learning many of life's lessons, along with the things that we were talking about here, get out there and actually play and just get your game out there. And if you think you're good enough and you want to give it a shot, get in front of these people. And to that point, I, the wonderful thing with social media is these days, you can just throw it out at pinch ninja on uh, Twitter. And <laughs> sometimes they retweet it out to a million people and you never know who's going to see it. So there's a way to get seen these days versus, you know, when I was uh, playing division three and <laughs> not doing anything myself. So it is what it is, but that's awesome point to that point. And I'm glad to see that that program is really moving up in the right direction. And Jason, I'm glad to hear that you guys came down here and, you know, beat up on us a little bit, and put those guys, uh, even like with the world baseball classic taken with Canada, re and right, uh, right there with Mexico they're, They get to play baseball all year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you guys are thing, hiding in gyms and whatnot, taking BP. <laughs> yeah. I think that the biggest thing that this world baseball classic has done is this is legitimate. I know guys that have played for Canada in the Olympics. I know all this stuff. They've coached my kids. They're around our neighborhood. They live up here in North fan, but nothing quite affected so much was when one of them brought their Jersey out while we were watching one of the games, they had an attachment. <laughs> like we only have to hockey and the world baseball classic is changing that. And the cool thing for me is I'm able to now go and, and my passion, my love for baseball, my kids have it, but they just don't know the extent of it. And when you can start digging into teams like Mexico and they're like, why is Austin Barnes playing for Mexico? Why is Lars Newtbar playing for Japan? And you start to go into lineage and how you can get there. And what's my best opportunity? You know, like Canada doesn't have a spot for me. So maybe I'll go try out for Great Britain or, you know, Columbia doesn't have a spot for me. I'm going to go play for the Netherlands. It's so cool. I can't even tell you. I wish they did it every year. I know they can't, but I wish they did. <laughs> Do you know if they're going yeah. to be expanding the uh, the number of countries that are going to be competing in the World Baseball Classic right now? Or is it still going to be capped to where it is right now? Yeah, I think it's capped and it won't be for another four years, unfortunately. So that'd be the other catch because it's really a, a, a substitution for the Olympics of not do, having the baseball tournament anymore. So, whoa, 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 whoa. anymore or just in the next Olympics? Next Olympics, that's what I, well, it was the last couple Olympics too, right, Scott? As far as it goes, it wasn't, they're like, oh, we should just do this. Yeah. So, (laughs) it happened, it turned to something big again. It might go back the other direction now. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. So, when I first started getting noticed, I was Mm -hmm. with the Blue Jays minor league system and Beijing Olympics in 2008. I helped them qualify for the Olympics with baseball Canada. Jay's called me up the day before and 
we were supposed to go up anyway with Baseball Canada, get introduced before the game. And I ended up starting that game. So Baseball Canada got to see my major league debut, but I didn't get to go to the Olympics. Then the next Olympics was in what? Rio de Janeiro and then London were the next eight years. There's no baseball there. It's an easy cut. Too many teams, lots of lots of rooms taken in the dorms. You got to build a decent enough field with a side field. So my whole career, it was out of the Olympics. The reason why I played till I was 40 was trying to be an Olympian to put a cap feather in that hat. And Tokyo obviously has fields. They're baseball's second biggest sport after sumo wrestling, right? Like, I mean, it is, they have baseball there. So I think it's, that's why I was hopefully you said they're not permanently taking it out, but it's very specific. They're going to. Yeah. And I, I really would love to see it because I, I agree with you that, you know, if I was somebody that was able to compete for a gold medal, I don't care what event it is. If I was able to do it, I would like to be able to do that. And the fact that you had that shot to be able to get there that close and, but it is what it is, unfortunately, but I would have in your situation, major league call up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Listen, you know what I mean? <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> you play baseball. We're not trying to be an Olympian. We're trying yeah. to be a major leaguer. If I was a shot putter, or a long jumper, then Olympics are my pinnacle. I would selfishly, it would have been nice to do both. It wasn't my time. Mm -hmm. I was able to be a big leaguer. You're not going to hear a complaint from me, but with the Olympics, the way they happen every four years and the longevity of my career would have been nice to kind of check that in there. Not cut, cut to the Olympics, but half the battle of getting there is the fun of it. You've earned it, you know? So the pleasure of that. So, and to that point, if I recall, you did pretty well right off of that call up there. Is that the, the little stint you did there at the end of the season? Correct me if I'm wrong. Were you rookie of the month? <laughs> that was the beginning of the next. Okay. I couldn't remember which piece it was. <laughs> yeah. So. so I went, I think I went one and three. I won my last start in 2008 in September. Um, throwing to Curtis Thigpen in a rainy, a rainy day in Baltimore. And I won my start there and get my, I was 0 and 3 and I got, I got my first win there. And then the stats that kind of held with me, I was 1 and 3 with a 4 ERA, had 20, 25 strikeouts somewhere along there and two walks. So they knew that I wasn't scared to throw the ball in there. They knew I could strike people out. I was going deep enough into games. You know, if you're new and you got bullpen that's rested because Halliday throws before or after me, I was the fifth guy. You know, he's eating up eight innings, but the bullpen's always fresh when I'm in there. So if it's a fringy fifth inning, they're not afraid to huck you and go, that was good enough. So, but keep my team in it. And then the next year I was able to break opening day. And then in April to solidify my spot on the team, I won rookie of the month. There it is. Awesome. Easy. So, Just like where one of these, I believe, right? <laughs> it was one of those, yeah. It was actually that one right there. Oh, there it is. I figured you had oh, to have it knowing is. from all your other ones. Perfect. That is a heck of a room you've built yourself there. And uh some great honorees to some of your teammates uh there too. So good stuff. Yeah. People on YouTube are definitely so. gonna enjoy seeing that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. So Anyways, as much as I'd love to keep picking your brain and uh, reminiscing and like doing a the, you know interview here with the gang and whatnot, I would like to talk going toward the actual season here. So let's talk how the Blue Jays got to where we currently are. This was a team last year that won 92 wins and then got swept right off the bat from the seat uh, in horrific train wreck level fashion, unfortunately, because we were ahead in that second game and the blue Jays, unfortunately had the air let out of the tires. And here we are with not getting past the first round of the playoffs. So this team on paper is pretty much the same outside of some good retooling, I think is the best way to say it wasn't anything that was major catastrophic, It was taking some pieces, moving some money around and grabbing some new pieces. So the big piece to this whole thing was over the off scene was they bring in Chris Bassett, who is an innings eating machine, Mr. Consistency. I love watching him when he was in Oakland day. He only did better in Manhattan or in uh, Queens last year with the uh, New York Mets. Scott, how important is it all of a sudden with the blue Jays having that 
miss of losing Ross Stripling, who really emerged himself last year, throwing somebody in, you just know what you're going to get every fifth day with Chris Bassett. Fantastic. And he was in the biggest environment in New York. You know, so we go to New York, we go to these big areas as well. Boston, you can handle that pressure. Like you said, innings eater, resting the bullpen, setting it up. So the next guys don't have to do as much. The more guys you have like that, the better, you know, um, Gossman, obviously Manoa. So, so happy about how Kikuchi had a spring like he did. Let's hope he just carries that into what I see yeah, he's pitching with confidence tough. now. So I'm very happy that uh, Kikuchi is really starting to pull it out in the spring. And I think that's how you're in the fifth start position. Like I said, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping like everybody that he actually has a very consistent year. Yeah, this is what he was doing with Seattle the previous year. But, um, and then he ran into the confidence issues that obviously ran into last year or whatever mechanical piece was running into it, but we all knew we had the stuff. So if this is what we're getting now to your point, Scott, that's a heck of a rotation. And I don't see any way in hell how Jose Brios has the year that he had last year. Again, I've been having the pleasure of watching him since he was a Rochester Red Wing here in my hometown. So places I know you played Scott. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. and you don't even know the, Barrios, he might be the four starter, right? It went to Manoa, Gossman, Bassett, Barrios, and Kikuchi. Like, let's be honest, he, he's going to be facing other teams' four starters. Like, it's going to be a little less pressure for him with our offense, you know? And then mm-hmm. back to our offense, like you said, not huge, but I mean, we got lefties in the lineups, fella. Like, we got lefties in the lineup that we could not do before. We couldn't break up we, all the righties we had. We got Varsho, Belt, you know, we got guys that can step in there. Right. Yeah. So. Kiermeyer's, I know these guys, my favorite other guy that's on the team. <laughs> I just hope that he stays healthy. That's my biggest thing. If he's healthy, he's a great add to this team. I'm just hoping that I'm going to keep knocking on every piece of wood I can find that he stays healthy. <laughs> so, yeah. but um, th- those are all great pieces to this offense, Jason, as far as the uh, pieces go here, that's going to help carry that pitching. Uh, you know, what's worst case scenario. You're talking about those guys, even if they have a bad night, you're still talking about a four run, maybe, you know, through five innings or something. And we have the offense to be able to turn around and make that up with the sheer athleticism. They've masked up this year. Yeah. I think that one of the biggest things that I see, you know, coming out of the, out of spring training and <clears throat> all the positives that are coming out of it, is it's kind of reminiscent of my thinking is like the Edmonton Oilers in the eighties. They're going to, they've got swag. They're going to go into the game. If you put up three in the first, they're just going to look at each other and go, well, we got to get four in one, I guess. And then five in the next and six. And they don't care. Like if the Jays play like the Jays are built to play, it'll be pedal down baseball. It'll be so much fun to watch. They'll be hitting runs. They'll be stealing bases. There'll be balls flying out of the yard in every direction. Like, Guys that you don't think will hit 15 or 20 will hit 15 or 20. Those are all the perfect scenarios. Um, I think one of my biggest, biggest, biggest things that I really enjoyed watching in spring training was Whit Merrifield. I had a blast watching that guy. He's fast. He's smart. His baseball IQ is through the roof, and I don't know if we give him enough credit for that. Hits the ball, played well. Right now, you know, I think when I think when we started the season, I didn't write it down, but I think my breakout was Danny Jansen. I think I may have to switch that if it's allowed by law during the, you know, <laughs> that was the way too pre-spring training bull but, predictions fun. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. just, be okay. <laughs> they truly like I watched a lot of, of spring training baseball. I watched a bunch when I was down there and um, even a lot. I just watched a ton on TV. And there's five or six teams that look like they are having so much fun right now. And I'm willing to bet that those teams, if they stay healthy, will be the teams at the end, not necessarily the ones that are built based on money or based on, on any other kind of, of, you know, scenario. Um, you know, the Jays, the Orioles, um, you know, the Phillies look like they were having a blast this, this, uh, uh preseason, um, you know, it, it's it's nice to see, and, and I'm hoping that the fun stays in baseball, and I'm hoping that the pitch clock and all this other stuff that that creates these situations of stealing and 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 chance baseball, I like to call it. You know, you see a lot more of that. Yeah, I think the fun might be back in baseball because I don't know if you've seen the couple of baseball MLB.com like 
commercials that they're having Don Dan Vogelbach steel bases because the bases are this much bigger. Yeah. <laughs> so like I know we won't, box. but at that point you see the fact that he's thinking about it and you see Buck Walter going, dude, no, don't do that. <laughs> it's just it me of, fun, uh, but did you see the clip that they had from last year when Rowdy Telez steals second? And who, I can't remember who it <laughs> is. He's mic'd up on the bench. And he's, so he's, he's standing there. I guess he's kind of talking. He's like, that's a pretty big read, lead for Rowdy. And then he's like, oh, he's going, oh, he's going, oh, he's going. And he's stealing the base and the whole bench, they're all grabbing onto each other. Like, no, he's going. And he had to, he didn't they even throw down. He stands yeah. up and he turns, he's clapping. It's so fun. So, so much fun. <laughs> so, that's, but that's, that's the fun. Part. I think you're going to get with baseball getting finally some stolen bases back into the game. I, um, we've been slowly seeing that decline uh, for the last God feels like forever at this point. Uh, it'll be nice to see that pure athleticism come back into baseball where you do get some of that. And uh, we were talking pre show here, Scott, the manager of the Toronto blue Jays, John Schneider being one of the I'd say more grittier type people. You happen, you knew him while you were in the organization because he has been with the Blue Jays organization. And I, I see him as the guy that's going to make sure we steal some bases, hit and run, bunt guys over, not just sitting back and wait for the whole run to happen. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I don't know about the bunt them over, but I'd love to see it. I'm a pitcher. <laughs> I like getting runs on the board, but you know, the stealing for sure. We got a young, fast team. Um, put the pressure on the defense hit and runs, things like that. Get the kids moving. You know, these guys are young out there. Start playing ball like you're young. We're not old. We're not like grinding through at bats and professional. Like, let's get out there, play ball, hair on fire. Um, yeah. Snyder knows these kids. He knows their ability. He coached a lot of these guys in double A with New Hampshire, won in a couple Eastern League titles, you know, double A championship. You know, he knows what they can do. They're a little bit more mature now. And I like how. And right out of spring training, I think he said, I'm not sure where he said it, but we're not doing the jacket right now. We're, we're coming in here. You know, the funds, I don't know what the exact lingo was, but the funds kind of over now we're expecting to be there. We're not just playing around to be there. So he's yep. teaching them like expect to be there, expect to be winning ball games every time and carry yourself. Like we're not just happy to be winning. We expect to be at this level. And I think the maturity of this team the veteran leadership they've added. Um, like I said, the sky's the limit and he's, he's the guy for the helm. He's been with the organization 20 plus years and he doesn't, he's not Canadian, but he's about as Canadian as you're going to find with a guy who's been with the Jays. Yeah. I think he's guilty by proxy by being a blue Jay for 20 years, basically at this point. So. He's a lifer. Let's go. Yes. You know? It, and it's amazing hearing that story. And they were talking about it on the most recent extra innings piece of the Blue Jays stuff on the, they have it on YouTube. It's an awesome piece. Please go take a look at it. Um, and about how we got here a little bit and how he's going into his first major league season fully as the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. And to hearken what you were talking about, Scott, it's how do we go from good to great. And I wasn't trying to make it like sound like the movie office space um, in my head where how the difference between this and that is that little bit extra <laughs> or whatever it might be. Make sure you wear all your pieces of flair and whatnot. Pieces of flair, but, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, but I think that right now is the mantra that everybody has jumped into on this team. And I think it's not just seeing Vladdy, Bo, Biggio having a monster spring. All these guys really hearkening and moving toward that uh, mantra. And then you get guys like Brandon belt that comes in. He's won world series. He is the captain, right? <laughs> so as far as all that goes, you bring in that talent. Kevin Kiermeyer is a veteran presence has been in the world series. All these guys that have just been there and thrown into with these guys that had been very damn close to being that next piece that little bit is going to make a nice little cocktail in this locker room. That's going to hopefully take that piece over. And I do think the grit and talent is going to be a major driver in that piece. Ken, I can see the wheels turning. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just, just like I said, I'm just excited just for the season to start. Right. I just, I think we've been talking cause we, when, when I came on the show, actually it was like, what, just near the tail end of the season just for like, I think maybe for one or two games of the playoffs. And then that was it. And then yeah. I didn't get a chance and to really do this all off season. <laughs> yeah. And we've been doing this all in the off season. So it's going to be nice to actually see it. for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right from, uh, you know, game by game and, and with a lot of feedback and analysis. But, yeah, just excited all in general. And, uh, you know, oh, I don't know what else to say. So we we had mentioned a few minutes ago that the roster for this team was pretty set outside bringing in new guys like Dalton Varsho, who has really kicked it up over the last couple of weeks of spring training here. It's been very good to see um, as I was expecting blue Jays fans to get very excited about him. And he's an awesome talent. You don't see many guys that can catch and play center field. Just saying. <laughs> so having somebody that athletic in this lineup is going to only help in one manner or the other. Um, but the roster is pretty well set. There were some guys that were tipping on the edge. We talked about Otto Lopez versus Nathan Lokes. And right now, guys, that was really the only other pieces outside of, I can say with the, you know, the bullpen was a complete wild card of certain guys past Romano and whatnot. And he really ended up turning into a nice little piece here at the end of it. And I think we have a very, very talented uh, rotation to be anchored down by a very good you know, bullpen here. Jorah Mao is the standout. We went out and traded, get Eric Swanson from the Seattle Mirrors. Unfortunately, we lost Teoscar Hernandez in that equation, but I think we turned around and got the same piece back inadvertently with Dalton Barshow. So there's some nice pieces here in this rotate or a bullpen along with guys like Anthony Bass that raked last year. Adam Simber has always been solid. Yimmy Garcia. It's a fun group. I'm surprised that some of these things landed the way we did is I kind of expected Nate Pearson to get a nice shot with the crazy spring he's had, but if he can keep locating like he's been, he might not spend too much time in Buffalo guys. And uh, to that point, Trevor Richards and Zach Pop are the other two gentlemen that round out that bullpen. What are your guys thoughts on how that bullpen really ended up being a nice little strength out of it? Is there some good names in there that we're very used to? and a lot of reinforcements at the minor league level that could come in here really quickly. Yeah, I think that's yeah, one I'm of the happy to see. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Jason, for sure. Go ahead, Scotty. Go ahead. I'm just Good pumped guess. there's a Canadian on the roster, you know, besides Vladdy, you know, he wears the Dominican Republic shirts, the uh, chain, so, you know, he, I know he's born in Montreal, but Zach pops up there, never had the pleasure of meeting him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously he was probably one of those fringier guys if Nate Pearson was going to come out and put up a zero in spring training you never know but it's all about consistency like you don't have to have the best stuff to make it you have to be the most consistent and they need to know what when they give you the ball what they're going to get and if you're erratic and you're all over and you're not they're not sure they cannot bring you because they're not sure what they're going to get you have to show consistency a lot of people never made the big leagues that have big league stuff because they're not consistent enough to take the chance on. So yeah. I think it's a good move. They rushed him early. 
calm it down, get them consistent, get them some confidence, bring them up. It's hard to keep a hundred with the slider in the minors, but he's got to be consistent. He's got to build the confidence. It's a negative game, a lot of failure. Um, and we got Canadian on the roster for now. So we're yeah. Good. It's funny. You bring up the failure of the game because we literally had a sports psychiatrist on this show a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jenna Ross. Jenna Ross. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about how uh you get over those mental hurdles and play have to play games with your mind sometimes because baseball is a game of failure. The best players in major league history are now hitters wise they out win a third of the time, right? It's just yeah. how you know well my buddy Jimmy Van Austin played for Canada, he's the mental strength coach for the Blue Jays. So yeah. he knows, right? He's a Canadian ball player, he's he came up in the Rangers system. Team Canada guy, ten years, so they're they're in good hands. There you go. Yeah, nice the way out there, the, the way that that we deal with it, uh, you know, for us is we 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 say uh, fear is fuel. So um, <laughs> you know, if you're not scared, you're not fueling the tank. You're not getting yourself ready to play. And you know, we're trying to teach the kids it's it's 100 okay to fail. My kids went to uh, big league experience camp this this summer up in Oliver, BC. Shout out to Marty, great job up there. BLE actually won this weekend down in Phoenix, but one of the things they preached up there and after a whole week of my son's being there, they got a report card. Now I've done a million hockey camps with my kids. I did them as a kid. I've done them, you know, everything I've done with hockey, same similar <laughs> to baseball. We got a very detailed report card after this week long thing that they did and stayed at. And they also forecasted where the kids should be next year if they keep applying themselves, here's the things you need to do, blah, 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 blah. And then for my one son, in big, bold letters at the bottom of the, the report card, it said, it's okay to fail. Now, do you know who that was pointed at? Me. Because <laughs> I am... Parents are always worse than the kids. <laughs> I, 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 I try to be really even keeled about it and stuff like that. But, you know, if there's no effort, I, I get angry. But I, I've ha- come to realize that that failure is something that you have to be able to build on. And I think that in this case with Nate Pearson, it's like Scott says, you can't keep a guy who throws like he does down there, but he, he doesn't lose confidence and his consistency is poor. And I feel like this is probably a real breaking point for Nate. If he goes down there and he is just torching dudes, they'll bring him up and they've got the, 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 the right, like they've got Mattingly, they've got, you know, all of the right parts to try and take a kid like that who struck me as being fragile, whether he is or whether he isn't, I don't know him personally. He's just always struck me as being fragile. He, he seems to, as soon as things aren't going his way, shoulders go down, body language is poor. And I mean, he's a, he's an animal, the guy, he's a beast, but you know, that can be covered up quickly by, by the fact that mentally you can't control yourself. And hopefully going down. I mean, we've seen it with guys coming from the Vancouver Canadians all the way up to the Jays over the last couple of years. I mean, Manoa's confidence and his, his, his ability to get past and his forgettability of the game prior is key to as good as he has been. And until you can get like that, you know, and Scott, you probably know there's probably a lot of games that you completely forgot about the second they were done. You know, like you gave up three in the no, no I didn't. What are you talking about? Let's go over to the next thing. Yeah. Well, Scott, can totally I ask you a question then? So the whole pitching clock now, do you think like is it yay or nay for you, Scott? I always worked fast, so it was never a problem. <laughs> I personally, towards the end of my career, never picked a first. I never picked, but I also held the ball. I, I think throwing over rattles me and I don't, I didn't have a good enough move to get an out. So it was just more yeah. of a only bad things can happen. So what I do is I'd hold the ball, look, 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 and try and catch them off and then step and go and pick them off yeah. or the next time comes set, not even look the first go to the plate. And while mm-hmm. I'm sitting there relaxed, holding the ball, the hitters all jacked up. The the position, the base runners all like, should I go? How's he doing? Is he going to come over here? They're all stressed, and I am just chilling. I loved that yep. aspect of the game of me relaxed and both of them not relaxed. So I really enjoyed that. I'm gonna I'm gonna be sad about losing that. They're not gonna be able to hold it as long. You're gonna have yeah. to pick, but you only get one. So I'm interested to see how that goes. But 
for me, this I, I worked fast. I got on the mound, I got the ball, worked fast. Especially when I was doing well, I worked fast. If I'm not, you got to yeah. take a breath, walk around the mound. You know, that's the, the, the self-coaching kind of goes away with this pitch clock. Good or bad, you got to get your butt on the rubber and get going. Yeah, which could be a very beneficial or very detrimental, depending on what's going totally. on at that moment. Kikuchi is uh, working great for him. <laughs> I think that thinking. pace thing actually is moving it. Exactly. You can't get in your own head. Yeah, I, so. I mean, I, I can't even tell you guys how many games I watched where the comment was made, hey, that guy's not letting his brain get in the way anymore. And it's so Girl. true. Like, when you, if you have stuff and the mechanics and the muscle memory like these guys have, Shut it off and go. Shut up. What it was? Yeah. What is it from Bull Durham? Just throw meat. Yeah. yeah. Don't think meat. Just throw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was about to just say you beat me to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I really do think that it's going to help. I the one thing that I was surprised with by the whole thing, they've been doing the minor league stuff with the pitch clock. It's for the pitchers for a long time. And, uh, and Scott, I know that you were talking about the holding it. And I think that's a very big piece of the game. As far as just trying to control the run game, it's not just as much the dynamic between the pitcher, getting the ball to the catcher quick enough. It's that if you mess with the runner's timing and not to mention, you're also messing with the hitters pacing in that same situation. We saw Max Scherzer taking complete advantage of that this summer or this spring so far in spring training games, waiting to that last second, then just barely even winding up and just going like throwing a dart almost they still throw the ball 87 90 when he just does that but it, there's it's gonna be weird to see where those kind of things turn into loopholes in that new rule and then the hitters are they really going to get in the box and engage in that time frame where they need to too i'm still i'm calling it right now that there's going to be still some giant game it's going to end on a sour note from one of these rules or the other, whether it's a pitcher not moving quick enough to get the ball to the plate or a hitter being struck out at the end of the game. We've already seen it twice this spring with a strikeout that's ended a game and then a walk that with the bases loaded that's ended the game too. So I'm just hoping it's not a playoff game with certain other teams involved. <laughs> so, or at least not against we'll us. See. If it happens to, that, to our opponents, <laughs> sure, no problem. There it is. So, but back to the roster and the fun here. It let's see. It is opening day. Let's just talk. What are you excited to see? Um, whether it's a certain player you guys are excited to see for the Blue Jays really get into the game and start performing. Maybe a bold prediction. Whatever you guys would. Let's just go around the table. I'm going to put Jason on the spot here first because <laughs> I think that there's a. I got a couple. Um, and I, I, mine, you know, mine all. And I, it's weird. Mine kind of tend to pull to my the positions I played when I played. So for me, the person I'm most excited about. You know, I I spoke about Whit Merrifield before, who I'm super jazzed about. But I am really excited to see Matt Chapman this year. I am. So hoping this guy can absolutely tear it up this year, smash the ball, run. He was running like an animal in preseason. It was it was really nice to sort of see watch, some dude. of these guys, you know, be be let free. And you can see it sometimes when they steal on their own. And that's what we're seeing, something that probably hasn't been in baseball in, I don't know, 10 years, where a guy's making his own call to steal a base. It's it just never happened. And they were talking about it on the one Jays broadcast they figured the last three bases that he stole or the two bases he stole, sorry, um, were both his call. He took his lead. He saw where the pitcher was, you know, whether he's counting the pitch to the, the plate or what he's doing, but you can see that, that, that the guys are having to use their brain in a much different way. So, I mean, I'm, I'm psyched to see Chapman. Um, I'd like to see Brandon belt, you know, do well. Um, I, I, again, you know, your favorite guy, Kiermaier, uh, I, I would like to see him do well. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then I, I, I want to see him do well. Like I said, I'm scared. Yeah. And then I think <laughs> the other all. one that I'm super excited about is Bo's power. Um, Bichette yeah. is, you know, he hit four. Um, the last one was, was a, a, a real, that was a home run. That's a monster. It's pretty sweet. He, he is getting back into that slot where it looks absolutely effortless. Like, like that could have been a bloop single to, to you know, in the center, or it could have gone out of the stadium like it did. And when yeah. he is, when he is smooth and quiet and, you know, just the violence all comes from, from his shoulder down, then he's incredible to watch. And so, you know, I think I almost named everybody on the whole team. Who'd I leave out? Uh, <laughs> I can't tell. Are you excited? Just, you know, pause. 
I have another Oreo. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so now that we've had Jason run through the whole gambit of the roster here, Ken, I guess it's your turn. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to pick a few of the players that he did talk about. I'm excited okay. to see Kiermaier because his spring was really, really strong this year. And I just feel like he has like this chip on his shoulder. So I'm curious to see how that's going to be playing out throughout the rest, rest of the season. I'm excited to see Jensen, you know, like he was like, healthy like just almost like half a season last year so to actually have a whole season a whole runway to see if he can perform to that level is also something i'm very excited yeah. for and, and he absolutely said, raked when he was on the field just <laughs> there's a reason that the, the blue jays have two top 10 catchers according to major league baseball tv you know it's, it's hilarious yeah <laughs> so. and you, you can't go wrong with the maple toronto maple beef as well now andrew kirk he's gonna i'm expecting a lot of things out of him but I'm not going to say the, uh, the typical players because I expect them to do well. I expect yeah. Bichette to hit well. I expect Vlad to do well. Springer, all those guys. So that's like, I'm, I'm trying to look at the other players that maybe people don't really talk about because they only think about the main ones that we talk about normally. So that's my mm-hmm. pick. There you go. Scott. Point, and nobody's talking about Vladdy. So we'll just obviously uh, pencil him in for 330 and 50, you know? So besides that, uh, no pressure, Vladdy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Springer as well. But Bo got off to a horrible start last year. Everybody's, oh my gosh, did he lose it? So it's nice to see him start spring. Hopefully he can start a little stronger, just go into the season really well. I think Varsho, seeing him in Arizona, I mean, lefty, depends where you're putting him in there between two righties. He's going to get some pitches to hit and he is going to do some damage. He's fast, defensive run save as a pitcher. He plays hard in the outfield. Um, I'm excited on what he can do. He's built like a, you know, a solid brick. You know what? Oh my gosh. It's exciting. You know, he's getting used to a new team, right? It's his first trade. So like, it's just a lot. Um, Kiermaier has uh, a lot of familiarity with the blue Jays, obviously with the Rays there. So he knows the outfield. He kind of knows that whole scenario. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I guess my dark horse, we got Hunjin Ryu coming back halfway through the season here. And he is a stud when he's healthy. Now, I get it. You come off an injury, but, I mean, you want to pick me up halfway through the season. He's not there for his 97. That's not his style. He can flip it in there, four pitches, locate, and get you off balance and bring in the hard-throwing reliever. Like, I mean, nobody's even talking about him. And I understand he's coming off injury, but he's a Cy Young winner. He's a... He's a big body. He's been a horse his whole career. Yep. Um, I'm excited to see what possibilities he can bring us mid midway through. Yeah. And in addition to him midway through, that would not only be just another great arm, it'd be another great left-handed arm that can eat up some innings. You're also possibly going to get Chad Green at that same time, who the Blue Jays signed to a two-year deal that that's sneaky bandit stuff, especially stealing a guy like that. That's the Yankees guy. <laughs> that's just going to make me feel so much better. If he's the reason that we come in at the trade deadline and quote unquote, acquire Chad green as he finally shows up because he's finally feeling better and just helps us run right into the playoffs. It's going to make things really, really, really interesting. Um, as far as who I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see hopefully the real Jose Barrios show up this season. Like I said, I've been riding the Jose Barrios train for a long time and he's been very up and down through his career, but he's never been what last season happened. He's too young. He's too talented. I don't see it happening for a second season in a row. And to what uh, we were all talking about earlier, and Scott mentioned out and pointed out, he's going to be facing the fourth starter for most guys. He doesn't. He's going to miss this whole home opener in St. Louis, and he's going to pitch his first game in Kansas City, which is a very familiar ballpark to him playing with the Twins as many years as he did. So that's going to probably feel a little homey for him to be able to start the season off and hopefully get on the right foot. Because I think that will really engage it. And to that point, he did pretty good in the World Baseball classic too. So I think he's also ready to go and amped up a little bit to that point too. So I'm excited to see where he goes along with, I'm hoping to see the continued success of Chris Bassett. I've always like liked watching him. Maybe it's just because some of my favorite pitchers over the years have been the Jimmy key types that are in that same mantra and that same ballpark. So that's where I'm looking. So I have to say though, we, I have to say though with Chris Bassett, his delivery You cannot teach that to any kid how to throw a baseball. I mean, 
I mean, it's completely eyes open and just that you can't you can't even start to teach a kid to throw like that. I don't know yeah. how that's effective. I I want to text Pete Walker and be like, how is he doing it? Because yeah. I mean, you got to be here, <laughs> not here. Yeah. Do you think your old buddy Pete's just saying, just go do you? Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh yeah, he's not there to tinker with it at yeah. all. But it's like, already working for him, right? Like, oh my god! I'll help when I I'll help when you need it. Just have fun, right? <laughs> so, and to that yeah. point, I've uh, I used to do a lot of uh, batting teaching to kids here in Rochester, New York, and whatnot for little league, and you know, going toward the uh, whatnot or higher levels and going toward high school baseball and whatnot. Um, I didn't try to ever tear down their swings or pitching or anything like that. And I think that's the, what you you have mechanics that work for you. Those that the best coaches, the Pete Walker types and whatnot offer those little tidbits and whatnot that are, the might be the difference between you throwing three strikes out of three pitches versus two out of three, those little teeny adjustments. And to that point, like I, like you said, with Chris Bassett, ain't broke. Don't fix it. <laughs> Holy crow. <laughs> my so, mind the way he throws. It, it honestly, and then that's actually some rule that we didn't talk about here too. We got, we all forget that Gosman's had an amazing immaculate level of spring, but he's a guy that because of the new rules had to actually change his delivery this year. So that's another interesting piece. The split still going to split. I have a strange feeling. It's not a complete tear down. Like the, is it Louis Garcia, the Astros that literally has to start all over with his mechanics because of all the near uh, cheerleading level stuff he did before the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the rocking, the rocking into it. Yeah. That needed to get oh, shut yeah. down anyway. Let's be honest. Oh, I agree with that. It's too much nonsense and everything like that. It's not even like we're talking like old school, like satchel page delivery yeah, or anything yeah, like that. It's just weird. Yeah, I know. It's like, just lift your leg up, buddy. Let's go. And let's start throwing the ball towards the plate. You're talking about a guy that wouldn't have made the pitch clock now, right? It's not just the, the wind up roll. It's just, he's going to take too long to deliver the ball to the plate. So, yeah. So last piece here before I let Scott go, because I believe you had a hard stop here in a few minutes. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I got my girls. I coach a little PBA team, the Milwaukee chicks. There's four peaches girls, um, an old blue Jay, uh, Jeremy Accardo, his wife started it. Nice. And, uh, there's girls ages eight to 12 and we have four teams. They play each other and we have a practice tonight. So our team's called the Milwaukee chicks. Uh, it's, uh, Girls Baseball League, we pick four teams, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun. I work with all the pitchers, and we got to get out there and do it. It's only, uh, what, four, four, four fifty here in Arizona, so we got <laughs> plenty of time. Yeah, meanwhile, it's dark and snowing, and uh, there's no more sun left here in the New York and Toronto area. <laughs> so, uh, But to that point, right before we end the show here, uh, before we do our customary two claps and a Rick Flair with uh, the Let's Go Blue Jays chant to go into the opening day season here, um, let's talk picks to click, boys. This is something we were doing all since the inception of this show four or five years ago, and this is just over the next week before our next recording. We keep score for the whole season, including our guest spot that Mr. Richmond here is a part of. Who is your predicted next week of Blue Jays baseball until our next recording? Who do you think is the guy that will be the standout of the opening week of baseball here? And we are going to be, like I said, starting off in St. Louis. As far as pitching goes, we're going to have Manoa, Gosman, and Bassett to kick off that season or the season. Then they will be facing the what? Looks like nice weather, thankfully, in St. Louis. And Miles Mikolas, Jack Flaherty, former almost Cy Young guy as well, and Jordan Montgomery, ex-New York Yankee, which that one could go either way because a lot of these guys have played against the Yankees for a million years. So that's the opening up the season. And then we head to Kansas City where they're going to face Brett, uh, Brady Singer and uh, Chris Buick. So that's the opening gambit for the Toronto Blue Jays. Scott, you are the guest for the show. So who would your be your Blue Jay pick to click here for our guest spot on the scoreboard. Well, <laughs> early in the season, I have to go with pitching. I have to go with pitching. I'm going to go with a starter. I love what Manoa is doing, um, but I'm going to go Gossman. I'm going to go Gossman being the dark horse to get us off in the right foot. Just dominant right out of the gates. He loves to pitch inside. He throws the splitter. Um, Manoa is obviously facing aces, so it, the my numbers might be skewed a bit there, even though he can be just as dominant. I'm going to go with uh, Gossman as being the, 
the pick of the week. So the first pick of the year for the for the uh, guest spot was uh, Mr. Kevin Gosman by former pitcher Scott Richmond. So that's why you had to do it, right? Hitting <laughs> usually starts a little slower when you're coming out of the gates here. You know, I'm not going to hang my hat on that right out of the gates. It's, it's hard for them. Pitching, it's just here we go again. It's cold out. You get inside, hurts the hands. I don't know. I've done it. it, it pitching is where it's at. And you, I agree with you, especially this time of year in the northern states. It's usually pitcher friendly ish compared to where the hitters have to deal with. Um, I did hear it's going to be about 18, 19 degrees Celsius, though. So that's what the saying for the weather tomorrow. And actually, sunny and no rain. That's not northern parts of the state's weather for this time of year. It's like supposed to be like crappy, like it is outside my window right now, right? <laughs> so, anyways, Ken. Let's go with you next, seeing you're the next longest tenured person on this show at the moment, <laughs> but beating Jason by like a week and a half. <laughs> yeah, I think I would have said my pick would have definitely, I'm going to have to piggyback off of Scott actually, is, is Gossman. I just have a feeling that he's he's going to be like... So there's uh, the rules of the game that I forgot to lay oh, out. You, you can't, can't do it? pick the same person as the other people. <laughs> so it's got to be something oh, new. Okay. And the other fun here is you can't pick the same guy two weeks in a row. <laughs> All right. Oh, geez. So there you go. I'm sorry. Now I really wrenched it. I forgot that I, you know, we, I was doing this with the uh, uh, former gentleman that I had on the show. I don't think because you guys came in at playoff time, we had stopped doing the picks to click at that point. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so, uh, you know what? I think I'm going to go with the, uh, I'm going to go with Chapman. There you go. And now you're making Jason all jealous as far as things go. That was probably his no, guy. I'm good. I'm good. Um, so Jason, I'm- go ahead. Who do you think? I get, I got, I got two here. I'm going to hit you with my pick and then I'm going to hit Scott with something right before we go here. And then hopefully this will bring <laughs> Scott back onto the show again. So my there pick is. is George Springer. George Springer is going to have there a is. massive start to the week, this season. He's going to be off the charts. I got a really good feeling about him. And my hook to go. get Scott back is my very good friend, Brooks McNiven just texted me to say that he saw that you're on the podcast and he wants you to come back and talk about the Olympic qualifier game in Taiwan uh, with the bench clearing brawls and uh, escorts to the hotel and all that other stuff. So hopefully that brings you back. No problem. I love Brooks. I love Brooks. I come, back to, I, love, I come back to Vancouver for seven weeks every summer. So I'll be back up in June. I'll be we'll in Vancouver. I'd love to come out there. Yeah, I got family in Lynn Valley. So that's where um, I am. Yep. yep. So sounds, good. sounds like you guys got a date at Nate at the Nat Valley, you know, it's just kind of yeah. <laughs> so, I've been in Nat Valley like in 20 years, but I'd love to. Yeah. We'll, call, we'll, so, call, we'll do it. There you go. So I got to put my pick in and this is because I'm going to, I think Alejandro Kirk is going to be one of the better hitters on this lineup all year. And regardless of the fact that he's catching or DHing, I think he's going to have to be in the lineup because of what we, you know, he just has some of the best bat to ball skills on this team. And I'm not just saying that because of you know, what I've seen from him in a blue Jay uniform. I've been watching Alejandro Kirk since I was hanging out, helping announce games on random road trips when I was down in uh, Bluefield, West Virginia. <laughs> so um, I've seen him literally hit balls in the the wilderness at Bowen field. And it was an interesting time. So we're just going to say, I'm going to run with Alejandro Kirk to kick off my uh, season here. So that's where I'm at. Is there anything the rest of you gentlemen would like to talk about before I give Scott Richmond, his shameless self-promoting bit that he kind of started already. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> there you go. So Scott, this is your moment to shine. If you have anything you want to plug or tell all the blue Jays fans where to find you these days, please. Yeah, no, I, say I, so. I, um, you know, Living in Arizona, I'm coming back to Vancouver. I love to do clinics back when I'm home in Vancouver, just with my local friends that do stuff. Like Jason said, you got Brooks McDivin there working with the twins. They have inside performance down on the down by the bridge, and got a good buddy over at Batter's Box uh, on the island that I go do stuff with as well. And nice. um, you can hit me up on Instagram, Scott Forty Eight Richmond, and on Twitter at the same thing. So. I just like to be connected and give back to Canadians that I never had growing up. So every time I come back, try to do something to uh, make somebody better. And like uh, Jason said, they were just down here. Batter's box was down here. A bunch of people were down here. I was able to come out and watch some people pitch and, and throw and saw Dustin Mulliken. who was a team Canada guy. He was down here working with BLE and um, it's just really great to see the direction we're headed. I appreciate you guys having me on. I had a good time. It was a pleasure having you on the show this evening. Thank you for joining us. So thank you. Blue Jays fans. No, go ahead, Ken. Oh, <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying thank you to Scott. 
All right. So Blue Jays fans, make sure you join us here every Wednesday evening at seven o'clock Eastern time. And it will be usually during game times from now on. It'll be just how much fun we are. So make sure you join us, hit us up with the uh, wonderful messages here in the game. So we can chit chat about everything live as things are happening. We are here for you every hour, every one hour, every week. We're going to try doing some, maybe some more things, depending on what my spare time actually turns into, but make sure you listen live on YouTube. Instagram, any of these wonderful places where you can find us in addition to wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from, whether it's Google play, Spotify, iTunes, any of that good stuff. And gentlemen, it is that time of the evening where we do two claps, Ric Flair and a let's go blue Jays. So one, two, three, let's go blue Jays. Kelly Gruber. Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, at BirdwatchingGC, and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining us to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go. Woo! Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.